Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hello, beautiful community. It's Eva here with a solo intro, and it is a beautiful summer day. I hope that wherever you are listening from, you are enjoying a hot girl summer, (laughs) the summer that you did not get to enjoy last year in the year of COVID and whatever hot girl summer means for you, whether that's being out at a club, not really my thing, but also not one to judge, or maybe you're just drinking, I don't know, a margarita on a balcony or on a porch somewhere. That also sounds great. Whatever it is, I hope you are deeply filling your life with some joy, nourishment, and things that make you feel really, really happy. Um, this week's episode is, oh goodness, it's a special one because this was a live that Kylie and I recorded in her Facebook group. And I have to say, I really think it's one of my favorite conversations that I've had recently because the material is so near and dear to my heart. And I think actually really important for a lot of you who are listening. Um, I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit later, but First, some quick business. Um, I wanted to share with you Kylie's amazing course, Soul Centered Sales. So this is for people who specifically run a business or have a side hustle. You know that selling is part of it, but selling feels icky, sleazy, gross, confusing, which I think um, is the case for a lot of people, but not for Kylie because she's been doing this work for more than a decade, I think. Um, and if you know anything about Kylie (laughs) and her vibe, you already know, she's not going to do anything that's inauthentic, that's pushy, that makes people feel gross. It's really, well, as the title implies, she's teaching about soul centered sales for anyone who runs a business and needs to learn this skill. I can say as an entrepreneur, oh God, when I started, ugh, sales, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's so this is also for so many, um, I would say coaches out there or people who are in the spiritual world, you're like so good at what you do, but you're really bad at selling it. Um, that was my experience for sure. And, you know, there's just so much dialogue out there in terms of like what sales should be or how people hate getting sold to. And when I started, it was overwhelming and confusing. Um, and it's really something that I've had to learn how to do over time by connecting with myself and my own spiritual beliefs and my values. And Kylie, I think is the perfect person to help you through that in a condensed amount of time. So for me, it took me years to learn. You don't have to wait years, y'all. Kylie is so good at what she does. She's helped me in my business numerous times. And I just think she's the perfect person to take something like sales and turn it into something very, very soulful. So, um, you know, she's going to be talking about things like your, the copy on your website, how to actually, um, fill up your program, how to talk about, talk to people who, um, say no and all of these sort of like logistical things, but anyone who does this work knows that it's never just the logistical practical things. Those are there too, but really what makes a difference it's not just strategy. It's really 
based on your beliefs and where your soul is and where your energy is. And I think Kylie takes the practical and the soulful stuff and really combines it so that you have the tools that you need, but it feels really, really good in your body. (laughs) So I'm actually really excited to share this with people because I want anyone who's here, who's running a business to do really well. And part of that means learning from people who you can trust, um, who have the experience, but also live in integrity. I can't uh, recommend Kylie enough. And this program, I think she told me that the doors close for this June 30th. So it's kind of coming up soon. You've got about two weeks to jump in. There's also an early bird thing going on. So if you want more information, jump on her website, um, kyliecaldwell.com or her Instagram. As for me, Eva, something that I've been working really passionately on is my program flow, which is all about healing your relationship with productivity and getting into flow. So this program also can be for anyone who has a business, entrepreneurs, or who have a side hustle, because if you are that person, you know that obsession with productivity can really start to rear its ugly head in a very negative way that ultimately actually gets in your way of being productive. But really, this is just for anyone. This is this is for a lot of my clients that I work with don't have businesses. They're just people who are high achieving, who are really ambitious, who are goal-oriented, and but they have this like hustler mentality yet at the same time something deep within them knows that they don't want it to be this way it doesn't have to be this way something within them tells them deeply like this isn't this isn't right but they're not exactly sure what they're supposed to do with that because all of society is telling us that if you want to be successful it has to be done in these strategic ways and you should read these books on productivity and blah 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 <laughs> and this program really addresses that also from a very, very soulful place. In fact, it's actually what we talk a lot about in today's recording. So this was recorded as part of a summit that Kylie did. She was really amazing. She gathered all of these wonderful speakers to talk about how to run your business from a spiritual place. And I got to be one of the speakers and she interviewed me about my own personal journey, how productivity for me was very much a trauma response, this like hyper vigilant thing that I did because of needing to prove myself, not feeling worthy enough, feeling like it was unsafe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And how I have really walked through the fire and gotten myself to a place where I've healed my relationship with productivity. And the reason this is so important is because healing your relationship with productivity will actually help you be more productive, but in a very meaningful way without all of the stress and this doubt and the the squeeze and the intensity, blah, 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 blah. So we'll dive more into that in the actual interview. And I'm so excited to share it with you because we got like really deep, really quickly as we always always do. Um, But I think Kylie was able to pull out a lot of things from me um, to help better explain what this experience is. So if you're interested, um, you can sign up for the early bird waitlist on my website at evalayout.com, or you can find out more at my Instagram at badbitchliving. And I just want to say what's really funny is I'm in the middle of a move right now. I am literally, I have just packed up all of my stuff, put it into a pod. It's getting shipped to Portland. Adam and I are driving, doing like a, like a short sort of road trip thing um, for us to get to Portland. And we're really excited. And as you guys all know, moving is usually a really stressful time. And I'm 
simultaneously launching and moving <laughs> at the same time, which years ago would have never been possible. I would have totally blown myself out. I would have not been able to hold everything. I would have been either in hyper like productivity mode and really, really tired and stressed out, or I just wouldn't have been able to do either or because I would have just thought it was too much. And I'm really practicing everything that I preach in this program of flow and living from flow. And I'm living proof that it is possible to let things be easeful and you can still have huge ambitions and huge goals. Because what I also want to stress is like, this isn't a program where it's like you're, where you need to like, it isn't about just like slowing down and living a more quiet life. It's, it's, it's so much more than that. It's about like, how can you live your ambitious life and have big fucking dreams, but carry that out in a way that is easeful. And I just keep coming back to that word easeful because I think that is the core um, experience that I want everyone to be able to have. And when you get to that place, you're going to find everything just begins to flow. So again, if you're interested, you can check that out on my website or on my Instagram. And without further ado, this is a short Kylie and Eva episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, if you like the show, of course, we so appreciate it. If you can leave a review, if you can share it with your friends, if you tag us while you're listening to it, any way that you can help support the show and share some love, we are so appreciative. All right, y'all have a wonderful day. And we're live. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Hello. And so, hello. Hello, my love. So excited to be here. I'm so happy. I, uh, I mean, literally any time that I get to hang out with you is, is medicine. So I am totally, I don't cool. even consider this work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, this is Eva Liao, my brilliant, beautiful, deeply soulful podcast co-host. So if you don't listen to Hello Universe yet, you will want to after you listen to Eva talk. <laughs> yes, get on it. It's such a it's a it's a really fun place to hang out if I do say so myself. It really is. It really it's just like oh speak about talk about medicine. Um, which is also how Villa was just saying before we hit record about this whole summit has been like, oh, I'm just gonna pull together a bunch of people who I think are really cool and really smart and then ask them questions for an hour. <laughs> which is what we love to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Only we do it for like two hours on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that you are um, taking something that you do well and condensing it around a really specific topic for a group of people who need help around that specific topic. So for the podcast listeners, cause this is also going to be on the podcast show. If you run a business, uh, you and you haven't been able to join the summit, you should definitely jump in Kylie's group. Cause then you can just go back and binge all the business yes. content. <laughs> yes. That is when you're scrolling through Netflix and you're like, what should I watch? I don't know. The answer is the soul-centered biz summit. <laughs> yes. Come hang out with us. Yes. Yes. So, okay. I'm going to introduce you formally. I'm going to, uh, which is to say, so Eva Liao is a mindset and spirituality coach. And um, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself in a moment, but I will just start by saying, you know, Eva was originally my meditation coach years ago. We stayed in touch, eventually created Hello Universe. And there are many magical things about her, but one of the things that I love so deeply about you is the way that you think about these really, really beautiful, complex, 
deep things and then you bring them down into the body in the real world for us so that we can actually live them and apply them and they don't just stay theoretical and far off and i just feel like you're like constantly traveling like up to these deep far reaching <laughs> thoughts and then like back down to the real world like bringing delivering us a little package and that's what i feel like about this work that you've been birthing recently around productivity is like this perfect example of like like uh yeah this like really soulful embodiment of healing our relationship with productivity so um i am psyched to have you because it's also been a like in transparency both of us have had a journey right like this is totally like <laughs> oh yeah the, right I, you teach what you know right like I, right. I I understand suffering and I also know what it's like to free myself from that suffering particularly around busyness time worth all of these things and so that's that's yeah. why I know about this topic <laughs> it was actually when you were my coach that I first began to recognize that when my thinking mind is just like humming on autopilot it's just this has shifted now but at the time it was like literally just like running through a loop of things I needed to do. Like mm -hmm. I like my inner monologue was just a big to-do list for like over a decade. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, when you use the phrase that I've now adopted was just to-do list thinking, mm -hmm. which I love so much because that's exactly what it is. You're just, you're wherever you are, you're in the shower, you're in the car, you're watching TV and it's just a constant, um, like, tallying off of like, okay, what's next? What's next? What, what do I have time for? What do I still need to do? <laughs> mm, yeah. So I'm super eager to watch, uh, to, to hear those of you who are tuning in, uh, in the chat, if you have to do list thinking going, if you're listening to this as the podcast, like what is your relationship to like your inner monologue and this like running list of things that you have to do. And in particular, my brain loved to do to-do list thinking so that it could measure up all the ways that I was failing, right? It wasn't just this casual list of like, oh, here's the things that it would be good if you were do. It was like, here's all the things that you haven't done yet. And because you haven't done them yet, you're a bad person. And so the to-do list thinking was like a specific way, which I was kind of like cudgeling myself. Yes. Constantly. I compare it to like, it's almost like having a, um, it's being constantly uh, hit with like a cattle prod, you're mm -hmm. constantly zapping yourself every time you're thinking about something that needs to be done. Cause really what you're saying is I haven't done it. And therefore I'm either in trouble. I'm, I'm screwed. I'm not safe. I did something wrong. It's like, think about how often you are just like buzzing yourself with that internal cattle prod. And it I keeps, think it keeps you like so anxious, right? Yeah. And I think that it's especially a slippery slope for entrepreneurs, because if you're someone who has your own business or wants to have your own business, it's because you are an idea generator, right? It's because you have this vision. And so the thing that happens is you have the vision and then 20 minutes later, you start beating yourself up because it doesn't exist in the real world yet. Mm -hmm. As opposed to letting the fact that like, like, and this has been part of my own kind of journey is, you know, I'm definitely like an idea generating kind of person. Like I'm always, every day I've got a new collection of ideas. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to interrupt <laughs> and say that Kylie messaged me at like, it was nine o'clock my time. I think that was, she was like, what if we started a TV show? <laughs> you guys, don't you want Hello Universe to be a TV show? She was just like, here's my, just my, here's my idea of the day. Cause she'll randomly just leave things in my messages and be like, what about this? Which I love by the way everybody needs a friend like kylie who is not afraid to come in with just big ass goals thank you thank <laughs> yeah. you the thing that would happen for a really long time is one of two things i would either think that as soon as i had the idea and then i needed to act on it immediately right so like hello universe should be a tv show and then i would like spend the next like four hours 
researching how you pitch a TV show and then like trying to write a pitch and then get completely overwhelmed and then beat myself up for it being 5 p.m. and I don't have my pitch written for it mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a TV show. So it's like the dual, like, like um, kind of needing to take action on every idea is one thing that can create stress, but then also like getting really mad that there's any space between idea and reality mm. or idea and like um, physical manifestation. Yeah. Materialization of the idea. Yeah. 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 yeah that's interesting. Cause I also am an idea generator and that's actually a skill that I've had to learn, which is that I, first of all, I actually, this is something that I just talked about with one of my coaches recently, this idea of like, I have all of these ideas and they should be a beautiful thing. And I should just be happy that they're coming in and being downloaded and that I'm receiving them. But if I, I sometimes feel like they might be blocking my channel because there's just so much stuff going on and you can't take action on it that I have a negative association with having too many ideas. And so really something I've been thinking about is like, I should just be happy. Like there should be the relationship and the energy I want to cultivate around that is gratitude for having all of these ideas. And I honor them by just putting them on a list, which I'm yeah. sure you must have a list, right? And I mean, I have like, <laughs> my list is like 800 scraps of paper or three yeah. different notebooks, but like yeah. they're written down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think it is a practice of um, learning how to filter, mm. like, and also trusting, like trust is such a big piece, I think of healing your relationship with productivity that as long as you are living in sync and connection with yourself, you'll know, like you'll hear the pulls, like you'll get pulled to the ones that are really, really important. And the other ones that you don't get to, like, that's also okay. But it's really about, um, for me, like, cause I relate to this so much, that so many ideas, so many things that you wanna do, but I've gotten to a place where I just trust myself enough now that if I'm listening to myself, I might have a thousand ideas, but there's gonna be five that really like shine and stand out. And I just, when I'm listening mm-hmm. to myself, I literally, it's almost like I'm being, magnetized towards them and they happen organically then there's not so much effort around them because it's just the natural thing that I'm naturally most inclined to do and when you follow that it's you can end up doing it with so much more ease Mm, oh my gosh I love this and actually this is what I experienced in creating this summit so I was like messaging with one friend and we were talking about kind of the manipulative pieces of sales that can show up in the coaching industry and I was just like, you should come to my Facebook group and we should talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then that sat there, like we scheduled it and that sat there for a little while. And as I got closer and closer, I was like, I should like maybe interview some more people who I think are cool. And it also like that was percolating for a little bit. And then literally in less than 24 hours, I mean, it was like a morning. I messaged Catherine mm-hmm. and uh, who's my ops director and was like, here's my idea and wrote to a bunch of people. And like the whole thing clicked together in like, four hours, right? Which normally summits take 90 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think a big part of it was just this idea of, um, of like, it was, it was an aligned idea. There was like all the pieces, all the energy was behind it. I wasn't swimming upstream because it was something that made sense on like a deeper level yeah. to spend my time doing. So like it clicked together. Yeah. Um, and I really do believe in like the energy behind following things that you are super happy and excited about. That's what 
in part, I think makes things work. So for me and for you business folks out there, I'm sure there's a lot of people who can understand this because content creation is a huge part of running a business, right? And so for me, I literally, when I said I have a thousand content ideas, I'm not kidding. It's years worth of stuff. That's probably like a 40 page document. It's, wow. it's crazy. So as you can see, like that can actually feel overwhelming. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I have all these ideas. And sometimes people have this fear of like, but if I don't write about it right away, I'm not going to be excited about it anymore. And then it's going to like leave me. And I think it's more just like, um, you just got to tune in to yourself. Like maybe you can get some ideas from those lists and tune out to your, tune into yourself and be like, what is the most resonant with me right now? And that's it. And just pick one thing. It also, what I'm thinking about right now is that that also feels like a scarcity idea that like, if I don't, act, if I don't act on it immediately, it won't be as magical and like resonant anymore. And mm -hmm. therefore it'll fall away. The fear there, I think, is that you won't get another five ideas to replace it. And then therefore like something, some like piece of gold slips through your fingers as if there won't be more. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, can we back up a little bit? Cause of course, Kylie Neva style, we like dove right into the middle, but <laughs> yes. I kind of want to back up a little bit for listeners and talk about what your relationship to productivity has been kind of the arc that bring you to this moment now where you're not only intentionally like slowing down, but you're also teaching us how to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm glad that I don't think you, you know, we're really good friends, but I don't think we've ever really talked about this before because yeah. my relationship with productivity is definitely, um, it's, it's interesting. It's one of my core woundings, mm. honestly. It's not just, it's like a thing that I've struggled with since I was a, ch a child. Um, because, I grew up in at the, the school that I went to, I grew up with, um, how do I even put this? All of my friends were like A++ students. Mm. I was the one who had a lot of issues going on at home and had all this sort of trauma going on. I didn't really have any supervision or guidance whatsoever, zero. Like I was a total latchkey kid, right? And so even as a child, I was insecure about my intelligence, my ability and my competency. Like that was just from the get-go, like, fourth grade, you know? And so, and then constantly being in comparison to what other people around me were doing and feeling like I just wasn't good enough. And at one point, and a lot of that was just like me being literally a teenager and like, like fucking yeah. around, not having no concept until I think maybe at some point, maybe like in college or maybe my twenties, I had this big, like, I need to get my shit together feeling mm -hmm. again also rooted in like, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I'm not responsible enough. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Responsibility was a huge one. Capability, intelligence, like, but I see this show up in women in all sorts of different ways, just the I'm not good enough story. Um, and that's also particularly driven home by our culture and our society, which is, yeah. I was so focused on because I've been it's, it's interesting because I've been ambitious since I was young but also had a really hard time doing things mm. and so this was constantly in conflict but the ambitious side of me got really hooked into this capitalistic story of like you have to work hard um <laughs> like you need to be disciplined mm. you need to have all of these like time management skills mm -hmm. um all these very like sort of hard masculine sort of concepts that I 
just really bought into and like really identified with. And I was like, if I want to be like a badass, successful boss, bitch woman, I need to like be in this world. And I cannot tell you how many productivity books I have read, how many time (laughs) management books I have, how many different types of scheduling things I have tried and they never worked for me. They never stuck. And then I thought, again, I was the problem. There's something wrong with me. Um, And then imagine starting a business. These like sort of like um, scarcity and self-conscious thoughts matched with trying to run a business will really screw you up if you don't like start to take care of yourself. Well, and this is why just a brief interjection. This is why I feel like, and you were actually the first person who said this so beautifully um which is that like owning your own business is such deep soulful work if you let it because you're just like crashing into all of your wounds and your limiting beliefs and you're like it brings everything up everything up (laughs) and then if you want to move forward which you do uh you either end up like just running faster and burning mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. or you start doing some of this inner work. And, and I think, I just think as a result, it's just like such a good place. Cause here's a wound that you had forever. And it sounds like it was once you owned your own business that you were like, Oh wait, I have to figure out a different way. Whereas before you were just kind of like coping with some. Yeah. Really old well, stories. I think what was interesting is like starting my business and also becoming much more spiritually aware. Mm. These two Mm. things in coexistence is what helped because before I was always like, you know, even in college when I was trying to be a journalist, I was ambitious, but I didn't have the spiritual nourishment to help me and guide me and see that there was another way. I was Mm -hmm. just stuck in the world of like, or my New York job of New York living. And I thought that was the only way. Mm -hmm. And thankfully my like spiritual like journey started and it was like, a window into being like, oh, there's not like, I can't even tell you there's like a way different, different, different way that it's just going to open up so much possibility and ease and it has nothing to do with your calendar or like how you schedule your time. Yeah. And it was like, so, but you know, everything that you care about as a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's why, like you could easily say the same thing about motherhood or yeah. romantic relationships, but um, my business means a lot to me. And so therefore it's been- My third un- child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so therefore it's also going to be your greatest teacher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so oh. just, I just want to say though, so yeah. So then when I started business and then all of those like limiting beliefs, like start showing up, I was like, it really was hard for me at first too, because I was doing it all the wrong ways. And then, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've probably talked to many people in the summit about things that don't that don't work and how that shows up uh yeah actually it's funny that has we haven't done as much as I because I love that topic you know like I'm always I kind of joke and say like I think my one of my like missions in life is to go fuck up and then come back and tell you how to avoid the thing that I fucked up so I'm pretty transparent about things not working but what were some of the like quote-unquote wrong ways that you felt that you discovered you were doing it in the beginning oh my god can we yes I'm so happy we're talking about this because Anybody listening? I've probably done them all. Um, okay. Wrong ways. This was a huge one and understandably so, but when you're new in business, you don't necessarily have, or you think that you don't have 
the knowledge and experience. And so what I did was I was like, let me go learn from other people, which Mm. is understandable, but anything done to an extreme, I think can get really distorted and harmful. So I signed up for all the free mailing lists, did all the webinars, like gave all of my power away essentially. And this is very much dangerous for a projector. So I'm a projector, so I'm very receptive. So I just started taking all this information and filling myself up with other people's stuff without ever asking myself, how do I want to do this? Because I just kept thinking, I don't know how to do this. So of course, let me learn from the expert, not maybe even giving myself a chance to be my own expert. And literally my brain just filled up with all these different ideas, but also conflicting ideas. Right. Because (laughs) there's like, everyone has a butthole and everyone has a different, what's that saying? Like (laughs) (laughs) something about buttholes or something, or everyone has something about yeah, something like, oh, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I it is. I kind of like your version better. <laughs> yeah. but I think especially, oh, I did go through this phase too of just like consuming, but in particular, I think this idea of like signing up for all these free resources. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to just have made a four-day free summit. Like, I love free resources, but there is this way that I think you can like, like you said, you fill your inbox with just all of these different voices and all of these different resources. And the truth is, I think they end up like, no matter how good they are, they're all kind of surface level. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of getting, it's like you're getting the first chapter of 70 different books as opposed to like, just read one book Uh (laughs) and go all the way through. And then you still might like and dislike parts of it you might still discard some of it but it's like one coherent system and way of thinking Mm -hmm. rather than a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of that yeah which I think really also it's like (laughs) the image that I have is like you can bake a cake or you can make a platter and you could have like one cracker and one piece of salami (laughs) and one grape and one like oreo yeah (laughs) totally yeah yeah so I know what you're saying, like you're running a summit now. So this is a lot of information, but I also think you do a very good job. And this is, I'm sure what your sales course is going to be about is like, you do a very good job of bringing in the balance of also saying, Hey, this is what I'm saying. But really I, what I think you do well is like, I'm going to give you space to, um, kind of like, how do I say, it? I don't say it's not like figuring it out on your own, but to be a sovereign person, I'm going to teach you how you can tap into your own wisdom rather than just me giving you wisdom, which is a completely different skill set. And the way I I think of it is Mm -hmm. like, I was actually just writing about this. The way I think about it is like um, a business, you could map it to a home and like, there's some foundational elements that are just good to have. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. good to understand, like, this is some basic logic around sales and messaging and energy and all of these things. And so I'm, I'm thinking of like, the things that I teach and like the soul-centered sales program is like, this is a, this is like, we've framed out your house. We built a foundation, we framed it out. Mm-hmm. And then you're the designer. Yeah. Like, what do you want to fill it with? <laughs> you fill it. And like, yeah. let's make the space for you to figure out like this room's going to be purple and this room's going to have like upholstered chairs and whatever yeah. it is. But I think unfortunately too many people like end up, I mean, this is, this is just a, a little bit of my soapbox things, but I think there's so many programs that are like my exact steps. Mm-hmm. And oh. the problem is, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm making a face right person. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 
I'm over the here are the right steps thing to do because then let's like move into like mistake number two Mm -hmm. is that I kept trying to fit myself into another person's strategy. Yeah. So someone would be like, here's, I got it all figured out. This is what you do. You do step one, step two, step three. It's actually similar to what I was saying about trying to adopt someone else's like scheduling program or something. Mm. And then I'd be like, okay, let me just take me and try to emulate that and put myself into that. But I've had to learn really. And it's been a, a beautiful awakening process of giving myself permission to be like, I, I, there's, I, I can't do it that way. That way just doesn't work for me. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong for me and with me. And also even more fun. It's like, how do, how, what does work for me? How do yeah. I want to do it? And it might seem completely nonsensical to the like logical business world, mm-hmm. even like launching this course that I'm doing, you know, healing your, your, your relationship with productivity in the past, I would have had been like, okay, it's going to come out exactly on this date because I need it to, because then I can plan my budget and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm just like, it's just going to come out when it comes out and when it's ready, as long as I am listening to myself, that's like the key thing. It's not like an abandonment of yourself where you're just like, whatever. It's like, I am so dedicated to living intimately with myself on a moment by moment basis that that gives me so much trust in myself and, and that everything's just going to happen exactly as it's supposed to, because that that's it. Like, that's the whole game. I just love, you know, I don't think from the outside, I would have drawn the link between slowing down product, the productivity obsession and listening to yourself. But now that you're pointing out, I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, it's so apparent that one of the best antidotes to the go, 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 go is to stop and think like, what do I actually want to do? Maybe that is the thing I should do. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like, it's kind of simple, but it's also incredibly powerful. And the biggest fear that people have is, and I'm just going to say this out now, because I know that I want to bust through this belief because I think I imagine some people have the story. It's what my clients tell me all the time is that if I just lived the way that I wanted to, Mm -hmm. I, I would, I couldn't do it. It's not safe. I would fail. I can't trust myself. I would just end up eating. Nothing would get done. I'd be eating Doritos, watching Netflix for, you know, 14 hours. And then the mind goes like, and then I'd be homeless or houseless yeah. and, I, and you know, like some very dramatic yeah, And story. like that it's deeply selfish, right? Especially cause I think you can look at the other people in your life and see how much maybe they're not allowing themselves to slow down. And you're like, well, if, if like, you know, uh, my best friend or my partner or my business partner, or all these people, if none of them are stopping, how dare I give myself mm-hmm. the luxury of stopping? Like, yeah. That's deeply selfish. Yeah. So I feel like those are kind of two different topics. The selfishness thing is very much like a a wounding of looking at like your own worth. And if you're a good person, that's like really looking at the pain that you have Mm -hmm. around stuff. And they're both pains, but that's like a very sort of like, oh, I see this distinction. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the fear of like not getting anything done. I can't live the way that I want to. Like everything will fall apart if I mm -hmm. stop as opposed to it's almost actually it put in crass terms it's almost like one is a fear that everything will fall apart if I stop and the other is everyone will stop loving me if I stop bingo Mm -hmm. that's it that's it 
Yeah. And <laughs> audience choice. Guess what? Fuck it. I fall into. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I fall into both. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think a lot of, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is what I mean when I say like feeling your relationship with productivity, it's one, the looking at your core woundings of like, what is your perception of yourself? Do you think you're not worthy? Do you think you're a bad person? Do you think that that's really selfish? That's like one piece of the puzzle and the other piece is, oh, it's not safe to stop because if I, if I actually trusted myself, I wouldn't get anything done. And I, this much might be a longer conversation, you know, but I simply put, I just want to say that is not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, uh, if I actually listen to myself and if I actually trust myself, well, that person is deeply unreliable. Like whoever is. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you're frozen. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Okay. Now I'm we back. can. <laughs> Internet. Uh, we just was like, what we're talking about is so powerful. It just broke the internet. Um, <clears throat> what I was saying was uh, what, what I'm hearing is this idea that like, if I go all the way down to the core of me, mm-hmm. that person is just going to fuck shit up. Like they can't be trusted. So Mm -hmm. I have to live in accordance to all these shoulds and all this to-do lists and all of this go, 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 go. Because I'm almost, it's almost like the image that I have is forming is like the going is actually to get away from yourself because the Mm. person who's in the middle is just kind of like burn the house. (laughs) It's that, but the image that I get is like, you're literally trying to live your, like you're like in a straight jacket because you, so that's the only way that you feel like you can have control of yourself and your life. Mm. It's like, you're just not, you don't trust being free is what it is. Like you do not think that it's safe to be a free person. And what I have found in my own experience and my client's experience is that if I were to impart one message, it would be this. Cause I think it's so important is like, um, <laughs> what's so funny is when you are actually free, you're going to find out that you are probably going to want to do some work. Like you are going to want to go and start that side hustle, do this job, put yourself out there. You, you will, like you actually will. People have this idea like, okay, so this was me. I thought, okay, this is what it means to be free. I have this vision. It means that I'm mm-hmm. this like, whatever airy fairy person living in the woods and so this is me and I was trying to match that I was trying to make this is what a free person would live like oh because I had this idea and then I was like oh no that's not true and then I actually let myself be free and I was like oh that's not true I like really had to let myself be free and I was like oh I still come back to work I still come back to paying my taxes I still come back to washing the dishes because I want to I'm not a complete fuck up like and also though if you wanted to never wash dishes again and live in the woods and like eat with your hands Mm -hmm. that would also be that wouldn't even be a fuck up it would just be like the it would it would be that's like that's actually a totally acceptable thing to do and no one is harmed in that process yes exactly me but when you get there it would be that like 
you'd have no stories about whether or not that was good or bad. Like if you were listening to yourself and following that, it wouldn't be Mm. categorized like, oh, as I'm doing something wrong. Mm. But I will say that where I see people make the mistake is that they get kind of excited. They're like, okay, I'm going to let myself be free and um, do what I want and like live intuitively. And for a while, there may be a point where they actually are on the couch eating Doritos, watching Netflix. And the reason that often is, is because you are so tired and you're so burnt out that now you actually do need rest. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're living in alignment with yourself in the present moment, you never get to that point. You don't have to, you still want, you know, you'll watch the crash. Exactly. There's no crash mode. So that's why I think it's like incredibly powerful and empowering. And it's like, all comes from developing a deeper connection with the self. You know, it's interesting because I, you know, we've been talking about this program and this work that you're diving into quite a bit, but I, I still have been thinking about it as, oh, Eva's teaching us how to slow down. Mm. And what I'm realizing as we're talking is like, you're talking about like straight up liberation. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're talking about like break the matrix shit. Like, uh, which is just interesting how quick my mind was to make this like palatable and safe, right? Like, oh, yeah. we're going to learn how to like take a longer lunch break. And what yeah. you're talking about is actually, it might show up as you taking a longer lunch break, but there's mm-hmm. something like way deeper that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the work that I always do, which is like, let's fix the root, root problem mm-hmm. because outer change is the natural byproduct of inner change. So you don't almost don't even need to worry about like fixing your schedule and making sure that everything's in line like that. Those things will happen organically as a result of you healing all of these fears that we've talked about. But I just want to say, I really appreciate you saying that because I think I, I think I'm trying to like also understand how I can explain this to people. This isn't like a, this isn't just like a, yeah, slow down course and like learn how to relax it's like that's why it's like healing your relationship with productivity like what is your relationship there there's something that we if it's causing you stress and anxiety there's healing to be done okay you know that I love the like heal your blank story framing (laughs) like I have two courses called that but I almost want you to like I'm almost thinking it's like like heal your like it's like heal your busyness wound Ooh. Ooh, that's really good. Oh no, I'm like, do I have to change the name of my course now? <laughs> <laughs> Literally writing this down. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um yeah. yeah. Uh behind the scenes. This is basically what you and I do for each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um what was I gonna say? Oh, so you were talking about like it's not just kind of um, creating space in your calendar. It's healing the things that are deeper. And this is a topic you and I talk about all the time, but it, you need to heal the deeper stuff in order mm-hmm. to then make a pivot around the, the, how it shows up in your real life. For example, I went through a period where I was like, I'm going to start taking Fridays off. I switched my schedule. So I was like, I'm going to work on Sundays, mm-hmm. but then I'm going to tap, going to free me up to take Fridays off. And there mm-hmm. were a couple of different reasons why I wanted to make that change. And then I started feeling every Friday too. So I just worked on the free fry. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> there was another point in which I was like, oh, 
I'm going to actually switch working with clients so that it's three weeks on and then an integration week because I think mm-hmm. integration supports everyone. And I also want to create some space in my calendar to do different types of work. And um, and then I started filling those integration weeks with 8,000 meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was doing the, I was, was doing the thing. I even was like, went through a phase where I was like blocking off my Google calendar because I live out of my Google calendar, like meditate. But then I wasn't doing, like I wasn't honoring I was creating white space, but I wasn't actually honoring it because I couldn't hold it. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, it for me, it was a lot of, and very, very, very much still like a lesson for me. But for me, it was a lot of um, like nervous system. Like mm-hmm. it was about like feeling safe enough to slow down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. my question for you is if you could speak to that, because I do think a lot of us, like, yes, it's conditioning and it's belief structure. But I also think there's just this like core wound that like, it's just unsafe. And Mm -hmm. how, what do you say to those of us, which is probably 89% of us who are in go, go, go mode because it doesn't feel safe to stop. Yeah. So I'm so happy you asked this question because safety is a huge topic that I cover in this theme because I, I, maybe you've heard me talk about this, but oftentimes like hyper productivity is a trauma response. Like the reason we're doing all of this is because of some trauma that we've had and we're either trying to avoid it or we're trying to like prove, like earn our worth or it feels unsafe, right? So honestly, healing your relationship with productivity is all a lot about like regulating your nervous system, learning how to feel calm and safe. And a lot of that is also just through looking at your fearful thoughts. So what can I say about, there's different practices that I walk people through in the course about like, how do you actually feel safe? But, um, one of them is honestly just like, I can, I I can offer this, especially to our listeners, because I think a lot of people here, I'm going to assume already have this skill skill set. It's basic, but it's also foundational (laughs) is again, look like taking that fearful thought of yours and actually pulling it apart and investigating and seeing if it has any legs to stand on. Mm. This is the basis of a lot of like self-change work because it's like trying to see reality clearly. Mm. Can you see reality clearly? And um, I mean, yeah, I'm curious what you think about that because in some ways I do think it's really simple but that's kind of where it starts. Well, and I think you're really masterful at walking people through the process of unpacking their thoughts. I think sometimes sometimes when we're doing it on our own, mm-hmm. we can just ping pong. Like we just create two voices, one that says like, you can't stop. And one that says you're wrong, you have to stop. Mm-hmm. And we just ping pong back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you have this way of unpacking the thought pattern and the, and the stories in a way that's really different. And I don't know if maybe you want to speak to a little bit of what, yeah. what that process looks like, but I think you're really masterful at that in a way that, um, yeah, honestly, I will say, <laughs> I, I will like take that compliment that I'm masterful at it, but honestly, I think it really comes down to something quite, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it actually just comes down to being, it's going to sound so simple being your, like your intentionality with it, because the ping ponging in the, around in the mind only happens when we're desperately trying to do it in tandem with like, uh, washing the dishes or like, you're trying to like psych yourself out of a thought. You're not being really intentional about it. You're like, um, 
reasoning and bargaining in your mind because you're not actually sitting down and like writing things down and dedicating like a whole hour to one thought if you need to or whatever it is that a person and I will layer in that I feel like part of the intention isn't to make the thought wrong but mm-hmm. to understand it mm-hmm. yeah like like what is going on in this insistence that I can't stop and that it's not yeah. safe to st- stop is different than how do I get myself to not think this anymore because then you're just you know I, I just think this all the time my daughter is like so good at knowing what she wants and then being unmovable mm-hmm. and so like <laughs> And I think our own inner voice are the same way. So if you have a voice that's like, do not stop, especially if it's coming from an inner child wound, which like mm-hmm. nine out of 10, it probably is. So if this inner voice is like, do not stop. And then you're like, no, you have to stop. I just picture my two-year-old who's just like, well, now I'm mad and I'm going to cry and scream and make the whole house stop because mm-hmm. you, so. Yeah, that's not really thought work. Like that's not yeah. mindset work. That's bargaining and arguing yeah. with the with the thought. That's completely yeah. different from like, I think, transformational thought work, which is again, like you're sitting with it, like a little child and you're having this dialogue and you're unpacking and you're getting to, I I get, I always use this phrase, like you're coming to, you're seeing reality clearly, because I think what I'm trying to say is there's a truth underneath all of that, that is going to land for you. That is more true. And maybe, and sometimes that can be really painful. Maybe it's like, um, you land on some truth, like the reason that you're so you're keeping yourself so busy is because you don't want to deal with the fact that this is actually something that happened with my client that she was so deeply lonely. Yeah. She was like so lonely and busyness. And she like really had a huge fear of facing that loneliness because then she would have to deal with the grief and also um, what she called like shame and like being mad at herself for not having cultivated a life with more people in it. And so she was just like, no, I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to keep myself busy because I mean, I will be transparent. I had that moment in January. Like I've shared, this is now literally every call I've referenced the burnout that happened to me in January in this mm-hmm. summit. So that's just kind of a funny thing. But, um, but one of, when I when I stopped to unpack why I had built this business to just be like me nonstop, mm-hmm. you know, put all the way on the gas pedal. What I realized, I mean, there was a lot of layers of it, but one was that in the middle of a pandemic, I was really lonely yeah. and. The busyness helped fend off the loneliness and also like the intimacy of like these like beautiful containers that I was mm-hmm. in, either mm-hmm. as a receive recipient or as a coach, was um was a connection that didn't exist anywhere else because yeah. we were all saw only four people. Thank God yeah. we had our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. I do think loneliness can be a really big driver in busyness. And I think that I'm glad you're saying that because I think I think literally in this moment where we're like just beginning to peek our head up above the, you know, out of the art of our dens. I think probably everyone is at fits varying levels of lonely mm-hmm. and looking at the way busyness might be showing up in relationship to loneliness. I think it's like a really, because they don't, yeah. they don't immediately seem to go together. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I'm glad, so I'm glad yeah. that's coming up. I mean, loneliness is a big one. Yeah. But also it, you could replace loneliness with anything that someone's trying to avoid and they, they're filling themselves up and they're distracting mm. themselves with doing. Mm. And I'd actually want to throw this question back at you. Cause I'm really curious. So once you got to that place where you were, cause I think what it is, is that people are afraid of facing that mm-hmm. maybe. So I'm guess, how did you, how did you particularly go through? Cause you know, my philosophy is always like, I feel very 
this is going to, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but I love life a lot and I love myself a lot. So I've learned at this point that it's not worth it for me to run away from the thing because I've done that before. And that's so painful. And that I'm not, it's almost like, I just don't want to do that anymore because I kind of don't want to waste my energy and my time. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just like Mm -hmm. go directly into it because I really trust that like, it's going to be okay. Like it's actual, because I know from experience enough now that the trust muscle that's been built up, uh, like you've gone into the fire enough times. Yeah. But also like, I also know just from self-examination, it's the avoidance of it. That's really causing me suffering. Every time I've like taken the leap and stepped into the fire of hell or whatever, I'm like, oh, it's actually not a fire of hell. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a actually... little like bonfire, you know? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. And so I guess that comes from experience. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, I think that's so true. And I think, well, so I'll say two things because I, I want to answer your question. I will also just point out that I feel like busyness, if busyness is oh, basically always or almost always about avoidance mm-hmm. if we're being too busy we can probably stop and just say what am i avoiding right now mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. probably a useful question and then to answer your question the first thing that i did was that i cried a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i just like acknowledged to myself that we have been going through this global pandemic and that i desperately miss people and that yeah. uh that there was, and that there wasn't a lot I could do about that. And that that mm-hmm. was part of my grief. And, yeah. uh, and I just needed to, because I had been, I'd been avoiding that. Mm-hmm. And so there was this part of me who was like, really sad. And I was like, no, 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 nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the first thing is that I was just really sad, you know, and, yeah. and I needed, and that was really beautiful. Um, and then I called my therapist who I hadn't mm-hmm. seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then I did something actual tangible things. And then I committed to myself to sort of reconsider how I structured my business. So I kind mm-hmm. of did like a bunch of different layers. So one, but the first emotional piece was this like really acknowledging the, the way in which I was, was lonely. And then kind of asking myself like, okay, we can't, you know, actually see people in person but what's what are the things that you could do and yeah yeah one of the other things that I had been doing is I just hadn't actually loneliness is such a funny thing because I think loneliness makes it really hard for us to reach out to people I don't know if you've experienced that Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you isolate yourself more and and yeah and so it was like when I honored when I acknowledged how lonely I had been I saw all these people who yeah, I couldn't sit on their couch, but mm-hmm. I could be in communication with them. Yeah. And so I kind of like made a commitment to, to broadening that. So there were like lots yeah. of layers of yeah. it, but it really started to your point about the fire. It really started with just being like, oh, it, I'm sad. It starts with like acknowledgement and fe- and having the courage to feel it. Yeah. That's the thing. So like your, your question, the reason I want to ask this question, well, because I think it answers your question, which was your question was, so what do you do if you feel unsafe? And it sounds counterintuitive, but the thing to do is to like, you have to kind of go into it, whatever, like whatever you're feeling unsafe. So how do you do that? And for example, maybe you're avoiding something and it feels unsafe to notice that you feel lonely, but the only way out is through. So you have to kind of feel it and go towards it. Mm -hmm. However, I think you brought up a really good second point is that if we're talking about really deep rooted trauma, right? Like really you don't feel safe slowing down. Maybe there's a gazillion different reasons why that might be. Then you reach out for support. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, the, but I mean, it's, it's really that simple. Like yeah. you've heard me say this, I think before, like 
you, no one can do your work for you and you can't do it alone. Mm. It's not like you're then the, the, at least, at least by looking at your loneliness or by looking at your sexual assault or abuse, or that, that maybe you're unhappy in your marriage, whatever it is that you're avoiding, at least then you can get the support that you need to start moving out of it. Yeah. So like, same thing with my client, when she was avoiding being lonely, she was just perpetuating her loneliness because she wasn't working on it. But once she like admitted that she was lonely, and even though it was painful, it was the only thing that she could actually do to start making a change in her life. Cause you can't make a change on something that you're not looking at. Yeah. yeah. So it's don't do it alone. If it feels really, really scary, like call your therapist, yeah, right. join a group of women. You know what I mean? There's so many healing modalities out there now. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and like, I also want to say just normalize for yourself. So if, if you're oriented around running away from something, the act of turning towards it is, I think, one of the profound, most profound things you can do in your whole life. And also I think, one of the most loving. And the, yeah, and the most compassionate, like, like the thing gift, that you can do. Gift that you give to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Wait, sorry. Can Where I say one you? more thing? Yeah. <laughs> can I say, yeah. cause I'm such so, so jazzed on this topic. Um, yeah. Because your question was like, so what do you do if you feel unsafe? We don't have to dive into a whole thing now, but I just, just because I want to balance it out. Cause that felt really heavy and dense. Like the other solution is also joy, <laughs> like being very intentional about having joy, but that also requires some work because a lot of people feel like they don't deserve joy. They don't deserve rest. Some people don't even know what brings them joy because they're so rooted in, you know, so, so I just want to say that to balance out the conversation. It doesn't always have to be like, oh, let me go dig up my deepest wounds. It really is getting in the energy of joy will help you regulate your nervous system so that you can see things clearly and be like, oh, and also, and also feel safer to do the things that you need to do because you're not constantly just like with your shoulders up, like mm. in tense mode. Yeah. Right. And like, like, cause you can, you, if, if you're trying to like heal this busyness wound, it doesn't really do like, you could just turn that into a new prod into a new form of work, <laughs> <laughs> right? Where you're like, I'm full-time healing. Yes. Such a good point. And I, I'm going to assume that also it's probably come up in other conversations, but joy is so good for your business. Like it's joy and rest. It all, you don't need to do it with an agenda, but just also knowing that like, I, I believe anyway, that it, um, it, there's just something about joy and being joyful and being rested that will again, help your business without you having to do so much. (laughs) Every time, every time. And this is actually something. So, you know, I, (laughs) I think I might've shared this with you before, but I was getting this really persistent message to slow down. I mean, I think it's just, it's a big theme for me as, as we've discussed. So I was getting a big persistent message to slow down. And then I was also getting 8,000 ideas. And I really just tuned in. I went into my records and I was just like, pick a lane. Like, <laughs> do- <laughs> am I launching these three group programs or am I napping? Like you tell me because I'm confused. Mm-hmm. And I got a real, and sometimes when you bring those kind of questions into the records, I get like a sensation. And sometimes I get like very clear instructions. And I got a very clear message, which was when you are working work and when you are not working, don't 
one mm. because I realized that what I was, and then I instantly like snapped in and I could see clearly how like I was with my kids checking my phone every once in a while. I was like driving in the car and messaging someone about, you know, a project that I wanted mm -hmm. to do. I was just like always hooked in, mm -hmm. but and doing like the to-do list thinking, right? I was just mm -hmm. in some way always hooked in, even if like I would refresh my phone, nothing would be there. I'd put it back down. You could say, oh, that took 30 seconds, except it's just this like subtle, persistent energy drain. And I just felt like snap all that energy back to yourself, be mm -hmm. where you are. Mm -hmm. And then when you show up to work, you'll get a day's worth of work done in an hour because yeah. you'll just be in it and you can pour yourself into it because you have more of those resources and then you shut your computer and you walk away and then you're on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and that has been really, that's definitely is a practice, but that has been really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good point. <laughs> How often have I and other people maybe listening, you rested, but not really rested. And then yeah. you, you don't actually even feel rested because the whole time you were on your, like you were resting, you're actually on your phone, like, and right. you're if social more, media more is drained. Work, if, if you, if you, if social media is where you work, scrolling is not resting. Like yeah. it's just not. <laughs> yeah. I will be like very intentional about it where sometimes I will have a, I talk to myself a lot. I have dialogues with myself a lot. When I say like, I'm living intimately with myself, I'll be like, I'm like, I'm going to sit down on this couch and my intention is to rest. And honestly, just like being very sort of committed and intentional about something instead of doing it like sort of haphazardly for me does make a big difference or joy. I'll be like, I'm going to go out and on my hammock and bring a book and I'm going to intentionally allow myself and give myself permission to feel joy. And that's helpful for me because I do feel like I'm setting an intention to the world mm -hmm. and to myself that sometimes I feel like if I don't do that, I'm like blocked by all the things that I'm thinking about, but that sort of like takes all the barriers down and I like open myself to receive. I'm just like an open mm -hmm. vessel and I'm just like more relaxed. And um, yeah, those kinds of sort of like intentional present practices I think can be really helpful. If you could give one piece of advice to someone who's struggling with this like busyness overscheduled thing, mm -hmm. what would it be? Oh, that's a hard, that's a good question. I'm going to so think about this. Who's like, I know I need to make a change and yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think normally I love this kind of question, but I think the reason I'm stuck with it is because I think it's so subjective. Mm. It really depends on what that specific person is struggling with. Because I want to say like, one big piece of this is trust yourself, like go out and, and practice this self-trust thing and see how that, and play around with it and experiment. And what if you, instead of the story of like, I can't trust myself, you acted as if you could trust yourself. Mm -hmm. That is, I think a huge piece of it, but I think for someone else that could totally make them feel if they don't have the foundational, um, piece of like, like, so you and I, so you, you have the records, right? And you're this deeply intuitive person where you do have support around you, where sometimes you feel like you're being guided and you have the, the experience now to just sort of like also listen to yourself. And for me, it's meditation and I can ground myself. And, and I also have like a deeper connection with my 
intuition. So all these things guide me. So if you don't have that foundational piece yet, the trusting yourself thing might actually make you feel super, super anxious. Okay. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think I didn't always have this deep relationship with trusting myself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I like, you know, one of the like kind of biggest pieces of trauma I think I've moved through in the past four years was like, there were some really big things that I was actually like gaslighting myself about. Mm -hmm. And it was like in acknowledging and in, in finally listening to myself that I started to heal. And then I also started to heal this relationship with listening to myself. Mm -hmm. So I think it can feel really confusing to listen to yourself, especially like if you're someone who maybe has high anxiety, mm -hmm. differentiating between that fearful voice and your inner wisdom, it can be, it, it, it doesn't always feel easy. And I think it's really important work. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth letting it be uncomfortable and keep navigating with it because I didn't like, you know, I wasn't walking around when I was, when I was a corporate sales director with 25 direct reports, I was not like, I mean, eventually like, I was not like walking around being like, oh, like the trees are talking to me. And I feel so like, I just know intuitively what I'm supposed to do. I was like yeah. running around like a crazy person, like stressed and afraid I wasn't enough all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so it, 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 it uh, and I'm just laughing at the idea of running around like a crazy person. And my reference point is now that I literally talked to the Akashic Records, <laughs> my not crazy self, you know? <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, but I just, I guess I'm trying to say is like, even if it's not, if it doesn't feel like it's worth it, it's worth figuring out how to listen to yourself and how yeah. to differentiate between the different voices that might be showing up because, because then you have like the most, beautiful guide and resource which is your yeah. own inner knowing okay this is so beautiful Kylie and I'm so glad you asked this question because I think you're helping me get clarity around like what would my advice be yeah and also I'm thinking like is this I do think this is kind of like what's imbued throughout the whole course like all of it is intended for you to connect more deeply with yourself know yourself, tune into yourself, listen and trust yourself. I think that is kind of the fundamental mm. first or the foundational step. Um, and this is what I want to add to that is that if you want to be productive, I actually think that's a very productive thing you can do. Like if you're trying to decide where should I allocate my time? Should I, as a business owner, spend time writing? Okay. This is a great one. Spend time doing Facebook lives or writing Instagram content or creating a course, or should I like, if I, if I'm not feeling like I know how to connect with myself, should I spend time connecting with myself? I would say spend time connecting with yourself. Like, because then you'll literally like, like for me, and it's again, still fine. Like I'm fine tuning the dial, but I will literally have this sense of like, oh, like it's time to launch this program now. Like I had this knowing like this very, very, very persistent knowing to dial down one-on-one -on -one work and emphasize group coaching, which has mm -hmm. been really rewarding and has started to have all sorts of meaning that I couldn't see. Like it's exactly mm -hmm. what I needed to do. And it was yeah. a really loud inner knowing. Mm -hmm. And so that time, which is, is literally showing up as, <laughs> as res as financial resources mm -hmm. too. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that, um, if, if you spend time getting to understand your inner knowing, it will then inform your business. So you can decide, do I do this group program or that group program? Instead of it feeling yeah. like you're just fumbling around in the dark, you'll actually right. know the yeah. answer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, and I will use myself as an example, because this is one that comes up for me a lot is I, am I, then I'm not forcing trying to write content. It actually literally just flows out of me. So it's like that, like I've dedicated the time to being and understanding and loving myself. And then that's what I mean by, this is why the program is called flow. Cause it's like, how do you actually get into flow? You focus on these foundational pieces and mm -hmm. everything really does start to flow. But the reason I want to make this point is because I used to feel really guilty about I, I always knew that I needed a lot of alone time and a lot of sort of reflection connection, self-connection time. I, and that's, and I, and I felt bad about that. I thought that that was a weakness mm. or that there was like other people don't indulgent. need this much time. Yeah. Or yeah. as indulgent. And I felt like it was wasteful. I should be doing these concrete things instead. And now, oh my God, what a gift that I've been like, that I'm able to see like, oh, no wonder I want to do that all the time. It's because that is actually what makes all of this other mechanical stuff work. It's not- I'm literally seeing like a plant like growing towards the sun. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's literally not wasteful or indulgent at all. It's actually the most helpful thing. And so that it would be yeah. my advice. <laughs> okay. I could talk to you forever, mm -hmm. uh, which is why we have a podcast together. Yep. Yeah. So for those folks who are listening to this in my Akashic Soul Circle Facebook group, if they're not already following you, aside from listening to the Hello Universe podcast, how can they, how can they get some of your magic and how can they find out more about your flow program? Well, so my Instagram is bad bitch living. Find me there. If you've listened to this and you liked it, or if you have anything you want to share, you can definitely reach out. I love hearing from people on Instagram. It's like where I hang out the most. Um, my website is evaliao.com. Um, I also offer one-on-one -on -one work so you can apply to work with me there for a free 60 minute consult on my website and this program, which I'm so excited about, it's going to come out in July. At some point, we're going to cover all of these things that we've already talked about. Um, if you're interested, you can sign up for the early birds wait list. So adding your name to that means that you'll get the notifications when it comes out. I'm going to be offering some awesome bonuses, awesome discounts for anyone who kind of jumps on first. And that's also on my Instagram or my website. And then I will just add all, if you're not already following Eva, like correct that immediately. You will, will not regret it. And, um, I will just add, speaking of wait lists, get on the wait list for soul centered sales, because this is a program that does whole launches and celebration of, um, this weekend pre-launch information is information going out to those folks on the wait list with pre-launch discounts, lots of extra goodies, but they're only going to be available for people who get on the wait list. So, um, jump on and then doors formally open for everybody else. The rest of you slow folks on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have a business and you're looking to scale and you're looking to, you know, understand that framework of what generates revenue and how energetically and practically, um, sales works, um, so that you can then fill it in with all of the pieces that make you, you, which we're also going to spend time. Like what's your sales superpower? What's the framework? And then what's your sales superpower? So if all of that is kind of the medicine that you're looking for in your business, um, go join the wait list. And uh, if you're listening, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Mwah. All right. Love you, girl. Bye. Bye.